I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they missed the bowl of kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the rent room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guess. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guess. And you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, y'all? Wakanda. Wakanda. You hear that, Rob? That was cool, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) You know he wanted to make the cross on this. (laughs) So y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So, little disclaimer, Lisa Bolacaja is out today. Um, but Again. we got. Uh, look, she we ain't going to get into that. Yeah, she never shown up. <laughs> demote her to like a. What's that guy's name on the Tonight Show used to come on? Remember the guy? It was Johnny. Who was his. Who was oh, his it's boy? like Ed? Ed McMahon. Yeah, yeah. 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 She ain't even Ed McMahon anymore. <laughs> she got, she's like a guest. <laughs> the famous Mr. Ed. Um, <clears throat> so, anyway, uh, so Lisa's out, but we got our girl in the house, our little sister, Lauren Warren, from the Black Nerds and all the everybody else. <laughs> hello, hello. What's going on, girl? Not much, not much. All Thank right. you for having me. Yes, of course. <laughs> and, of course, we got my man Chris Derrick in the house from the writing directing team, the Derrick Brothers. How you feeling this morning? You busy? Yeah, you got a lot yeah, of shit going on? So much. So much. See, see now that the reel <laughs> was done, I got to send it off to some people. Right. I was waiting. I, you know, I was so mad I got it done on Friday. I was like, I can't send it to nobody on the weekend. They got, they're not going to watch it. <laughs> uh, so it's going out today. Um, script is done <clears throat> almost. Well, the, the, the polish of his draft is done. Um, I'm, I'm working on an outline. I just came with, uh, last night I came with an outline for an idea for a spec I'm going to do for Daredevil. Um, oh, you're going to do one for Daredevil. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, you know. That's interesting for you to, how does it feel to even want to write a spec? I haven't written one in like probably five years. I think the last thing I did was I Walking Dead season the, one or the two. The last <laughs> one I did was, uh, I did, I did a Sons of Anarchy. Oh, did you? Maybe like five or six years ago. Oh, okay. Um, All right. I'm still trying to get my dude Emilio on because now he's run, he's going to be on the, the lead on Mayans. Yeah, see, see the, the thing about that that like Sons of Anarchy, you know, like it, uh, you you know they had that thing with the at the at the Warner Brothers program, people in the top five percent get to come to a right. thing, and it got into top five percent. Oh, and then I just never. I mean, you know, that show was so um, so serialized, and I was like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't. Right. It's it's got no value right. after this season. Right. But the Daredevil that I'm going to do. Is standalone, uh, and it, you know, it's, it's just, I'm just going to do it in a way so it's just like this is this is like a one shot issue right. the way it would be in a comic it would just be like a one shot issue but it's got nothing to do it fits within the continuity of this of the show but not um, it's not trying to like tell a story within 
the stories right. that have been told. So you're not using none of the subplots or the B stories or anything. You're no, just, you're just no. like a day. In, it's like a it's day, day in the life. life. Yeah. That's exactly what I was yeah. telling you. Even my my Walking Dead that I did years ago was a day in the life. It was like they're just on the road. Mm-hmm. It's the whole group. They get stuck in a city and and they're in a snowstorm. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's see, ca- it's funny because right. It's, cause, cause it's called thing, Frozen. Because <laughs> you know my thing is set in a snowstorm <clears throat> in New York. Right. Like you know all these massive blizzards hitting there right now. I was right. Like, God, that's like a cool. And you then you look at Daredevil. And I'm like, they would never do that show in the, in right. the winter. Right. They, they would never. It's too much of the fight oh, and everything. Mm-hmm. But, yes. it, but you can write it, so mm-hmm. there it is. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. So <laughs> if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So today, like I said, we got our little sister in the house, Lauren Warren. So what you been up to, girl? Let's talk to you a little bit, see what you've been doing, what you, what's going on with you. Oh, well. Uh... That's enough. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you go to WonderCon? No, I didn't. No. Uh, she got the hubby in town. So yeah, so I, I, we've been <laughs> seeing all the sites, and I've been playing tour guide, um, because six weeks ago, I moved here um, after a lot of... She didn't tell online. nobody, by the way. I just I need didn't. you to know that. <laughs> I'm online figuring, finding out, going, wait a minute, is this bitch somewhere in town? I was piecing clues together. Like, I, I, <laughs> I would take pictures with every subsequent state line that we crossed, and then it was, oh, I'm figuring out traffic. Oh, you drove? Okay, so yeah, so let me back up. Okay, so see what had happened was... Um, I was miserable in the frozen tundra that was Toronto. Right. And I was writing, but missing out on all these events. Like, all these events kept popping up. And, you know, I would need two weeks ahead of time to buy a plane ticket. Mm -hmm. And I got tired of that. And so a friend of mine and my husband were both like, hey, just go. Just go. Like, just go long time. You're really gentle. I like that. (laughs) Just go. So Rob's here, by the way. He's sitting up here. <laughs> he has no mic, though, unfortunately. No. <laughs> so my friend flew, my friend Chanel flew to Toronto one way, bought a one-way ticket. Okay. And uh, we packed up my car the next morning, and it took us four days to drive here. Right. Um, and we, we only stopped when we absolutely needed to. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll bring my writing stuff, I'll bring my laptop, I'll bring my scripts, I'll bring my binders, I'll bring some clothes and maybe some stuff in case I have meetings and whatever happens, <laughs> right. happens. And, of course, I get here, none of the clothes I have are right, so I had to yeah. go shopping. Um, <laughs> and I slowly let people know that I was here because I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing just yet, but I tend to fall into things and figure them out, right. and that's basically what happened. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I drove here because it was either that or pay to ship my car and pack what I can fit in two suitcases. Right. And, which is um, even worse. Which is worse. <laughs> right. And at least this way, if I have my own car, I don't have to depend on anybody mm-hmm. you know, for anything else. I can literally just get up. And what I did the first two weeks I was here was just get up, drive in a direction until it didn't look familiar, mm-hmm. put on ways and turn around and figure out how to go someplace else. Like right. I just started learning where things were. And the other thing that brought me out here was um, Film Independent had a director's close-up series. Mm-hmm. Five weeks of directors doing basically like fireside <laughs> chats about craft and story and storytelling. Um, and Ava DuVernay was one of those directors. Right. And it just so happened to coincide with the particular date that I was thinking about leaving. Mm. And so my friend was like, oh, well, so now you have to come. You have no excuse not to. Right. Because we know you always come when Ava's in town. And I was like, uh, okay. So I made sure... Um, she and Ava are cousins, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> I did get a photo. I pushed my way up in line for a photo mm-hmm. and a handshake. Um, but yeah, that, that first director's close-up meeting was three days after I got here. Okay. So it was once I got here, I, I took maybe two days to get my little room together, and then it was writing, letting people know I was here, directors close up, and other random events that popped up, right. and just 
just my poor gas tank just getting refilled <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, are you simulating, insinuating? <laughs> I, you know, it's just that things I, are far here. Well, uh, I'm out <laughs> across in town. I'm out in Pasadena, okay, so see, it's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah. see, see that, see that. That's what people do when they when they come here. They have no real idea where to live. I mean, I mean, it's possible to live in Hollywood. And I think, okay, that's right. Cool. You put you spending more money to you be know, here. Though. Right. You're spending right. more money. Right now, if you live out in the in the valleys, mm-hmm. Pasadena, or I mean, that's what we did. We first got mm-hmm. here, like, um, where do we live in Encino? Oh, see, the thing is, it was, it's closer than it, it's closer to Pasadena. Yeah, but if you look at on the map, you go, oh, that's not that far. Right. And, and right. you don't think it's that bad because you're thinking. Traffic is like where it is anywhere else in the country. Right. Oh, no. right. I learned exactly the first couple like, times I came oh, here. <laughs> right. And that's, that's what I was telling you. Like, I, I haven't quite mastered the art of getting here yeah. um, in a timely fashion. Like I'm either an hour early for things or I've got like 10 minutes left to park and dash and, and, and go. So, But the, my friend also offered up a room for me to, to stay in rent-free. Yeah. You got so, to take it. I'm going to take that. Here's the thing about Pasadena. Pasadena is cool because... It's it, it's interesting. Is to me, I think it's cool for a writer um, because I think I lived there for one summer just for a little bit. Um, you're you're close enough to get to anything you need to really get to, but you're away from everything, yeah. and it's still and it's still kind of a vibrant community on its own. Yes, and it gives you kind of like uh, a sense of like I'm. I'm still in some place, yes. you know. Without I'm still here, but yeah, I'm, I'm still not here. quite. Well, here. well, you know, because yeah. like so, certain places, you go and you are like, wait a minute, I'm way out, and there's nothing around, right? Mm-hmm. No people. Like, I thought no Ontario was like down the street. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Pasadena's got a cool, it's got like right. some cool movie theaters. Right. There's, yeah. there's, there's Colorado Old town. Street, Old yes. Town's real right. Street. Yeah. So you know, it's it's cool, and it's real close to downtown, and there's yeah. lots of stuff happening downtown now, mm-hmm. which wasn't the case. Like, right, just zip on that one ten. You right yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, but but that's one thing I wanted to talk about, Lauren. Is is I was telling you offline, and I was telling Chris one of the main questions I'm asked from people who don't live, and I'm sure you get it on your podcast. Mm-hmm. How in the world do I a get the courage and uh, to to fucking move to L.A. Yeah. And what the fuck do I do when I get there? Yeah. How do I find a spot? How do I survive? How do I get a job? How do I make money? Yeah. You know what I mean? So let's talk about shit you've been doing personally. <laughs> You're like, where my 10% at, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my PayPal account with exactly. the other $3 I might have to my name right now. Um, I mean, here's the thing. It takes... It, I don't want to sound cliche, but it literally takes a village. Right. Like, it takes... It takes a network of people to help in any possible way you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it is easier to do, I imagine. Um, it's easy for us to do this because we don't have any children. Right. Um, but it's still very <coughs> difficult, and it's a major lifestyle change. Right. Um, for me, it's easy because I've moved 18 times since I was 18 <laughs> because of my dad being in the military and just me having that right. sense of wanderlust and everything. And mm-hmm. so this to me is like another adventure. And that's kind of how we approach it. It's, it's an adventure for the two of us. Um, but it does take a village. I mean, you can't do this alone. And ideally, it would help to have someone here, a friend here, mm-hmm. who can help pull you up so it doesn't feel like you're doing this alone. Mm-hmm. Someone who can offer you a place to stay. Someone mm-hmm. who can offer you a car to use when you're figuring things out. Someone who can make a list of neighborhoods that they recommend. Right. Um, I'm, <clears throat> I am in a position where I am very lucky to have support I didn't have when I first graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I first got my, my film degree and I told my parents, I want to go to L.A. and work for free for a couple of months. <laughs> and can you pay my months? rent? Okay, like, I, mean, I didn't know. Look, I was 22. I didn't know. I was optimistic. I still have optimism. Okay, Remember, everybody like, thinks it's going to happen in a week when they move here. Though. And I was very months. confident in my ability. I'm going to work for a couple of years for free. <laughs> so uh, me walking up to black parents and saying, hey, can you pay my rent while I work for free? And right. I literally got laughed at. Like, no. <laughs> Are you mad, woman? No, you right. cannot do that. So I started taking a series of jobs, one of them being that job in Kosovo that I had. Um, in Kosovo? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my mom was ear hustling somewhere and overheard somebody quitting a job and then called me and said, there's a job for you if you want it. Hmm. And it's tax-free money. We were in Germany at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were in Germany. So it wasn't like that much of a leap step. But yeah. Okay. I'm I'm thinking you living like a Tennessee. Hey, I got to go to Kosovo. What? Lauren didn't tell you she international, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of passport stamps. That's another reason why I moved so many. Heidelberg. Yes, we were close to Ramstein. I used to fly out of Ramstein quite a bit. Um, but yeah, she was ear hustling, heard somebody quit, and then called me and was like, there's a job here. If you want it, uh, you might want to take it because you've probably never made this much in your life fresh out of college. And if you want to get to L.A., it'll help you get there faster. Right. So I did, and I was there for two years, and I'm actually writing a script about that. Okay. Uh, oh, because I was going to yeah. say, yeah. Um, there's a really interesting movie called The Whistleblower uh, with Rachel Weitz that's set in, uh, set in that it's she plays works for the UN. There's mm-hmm. like some sex trafficking going on in like oh. in Kosovo. It's <laughs> interesting, very interesting. You know, like uh, that's the stuff that was happening. We were, yeah, we knew about some yeah, of that stuff, yeah. which was really sad. Yeah, but yeah. I was just there more in like an educational capacity. We would set up remote universities for soldiers, mm-hmm. so that when they uh, would go. When they get deployed, they could either continue their studies or start their studies, mm-hmm. and they weren't falling behind. But I did. That's, that's, that's smart. I like yeah. that. I yeah, did. it was. It was. It's one of the few. Like they give them some creature comforts. They make them feel like they're home. Um, so we did testing. We taught classes, and uh, I would administer tests and do some education counseling. Um, but yeah, so I took that job thinking it would help me pay for my journey out here, mm-hmm. but. I realize now... Um, she spent it going to Paris just shopping all the time. Well, no. <laughs> well, no just, just so the listeners know, like, like Kosovo is, is part of the former Yugoslavia. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's way in the this, in this southeastern tip near Greece. And, near Greece and, and Macedonia. Oh, so she was yeah. in Greece then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did go to Greece a couple of times, <laughs> but really, you bank your money. There's nothing for you to do. You can't just really leave. Okay. And you're in a room probably this big mm-hmm. that you share with somebody else and you just 1700 square feet by the way just so y'all you know. just bank your money <laughs> um and that's what i did right. i got to go home every four months and i thought and i was writing while i was down there i bought my first laptop and i was writing a script and then um unfortunately the journey ended oh i was leaving anyway but then my mother suddenly passed away mm-hmm. so i wound up leaving and going back to uh the u.s where my family had moved since i'd been over there right. And then my life just took this series of detours. And then years after I started that first couple of scripts and years after college graduation, I finally got out here. And now my father is, uh, I say all that to say, now my father is in a position to help me more. And so he does. Um, What do you need? Do you need help getting your husband's green card? Yes, I will help you do that. What do you need? Uh, 
I can't have you out here meeting Ava DuVernay looking raggedy. How much you get your hair done? Go get your hair done. Go get some more clothes. I can't have you out here looking raggedy. Right. That's my name you got right. there. You know, so he he's, I like he's him very a lot. supportive. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, I've got friends who offer advice, who offer bedrooms, who offer to fly across country and help me drive. Like That's that crazy. just doesn't That's that doesn't it. happen every day. But that took years. That mm-hmm. took years. So Well, yeah, because like I came out here right I mean, a, a year and a half after college, and I didn't know enough. What year? You, what year did you guys move out here? Did you come before Will? No, I came at the same time. Okay, what year did you it's guys like come? Ninety-seven or something like that. Okay, yeah. I came January fourteenth, ninety-six. Okay, yeah. Something like that. So, um, but yeah, but it's like, <clears throat> in retrospect, it was it was fine, but certain things weren't. But I get it. Like what you're saying about having people to help you, because like. When we came out here, all of our friends were just out of college or still mm-hmm. in college, and it's mm-hmm. like, and they're not in a position to, to want to do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then everyone's thinking, "What's this movie dream you trying to do?" Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't understand what it is that young in school. I think once you get to in your late twenties, right. <clears throat> people realize that they've given up their dream because yeah. now they have a job that they get that they. Might they might like the job, but it's maybe not what they wanted. Right. And therefore, if you still are passionate about your dream, then they feel uh, there's some sort of like vicarious nature in them that they want to help you because mm-hmm. it's like you're still following your dream, and mm-hmm. I respect that because because I can't do that. But people are drawn to passion. I think they are. So I'm saying, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, no matter what yeah. your passion is, <clears throat> you can go to somebody and if you have a passion for it. They're like. You need ten dollars, or you need some. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. People just have that thing where they're like, yeah. "I really yeah. want to yeah. do Help something." You, you know, whatever it is, form. I want to yeah. refer them to somebody. Whatever it is that they can do, you just have that nature. Yeah, and I get I get little stuff like that all the right. time. Like, hey, do you need do you need some money? Do you need right. pay? Are you eating well? Are you right. sleeping okay? Like, I, do I, I need get some those money. Things. I'm like, damn, where, <laughs> where are your friends at? I don't need to give me money. Because um, I need some money. It's usually those otters that get me right. the most. But. um but which, yeah. which reminds me, let me interrupt you. Uh-huh. I, we were talking about this uh, yesterday. The 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 text that went out from Joelle Monique. Yes. Uh, did you see it? No, no. What did she say? She said something about like you know she she's put really a, struggling. Yeah, she right was struggling. Now. Like what? Oh. Like she was yeah. saying. I, she was saying. I've missed out on so many. I, I don't know if I can keep my car, or my apartment. Yeah. And like she literally. Put, and she put like a go. She's like what three thousand three thousand followers on Twitter. Not yeah. a lot, but that's right. a sizable amount. Mm-hmm. And she put out like a GoFundMe page. Right. And in like two hours, she had all the money she needed oh, bless to like her. you know. She's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. I was I'm like, glad. well, you know, because she was like, look, I'm freelancing. I'm trying to struggle. Um. And she's doing a lot where she's like, she's so like generous with what she's doing right. that it's yeah. like, okay, you know, w- I think people just said, like we said earlier, we can't let you fall by the wayside right. yeah. by these yeah. problems because you're given so much like illumination to everybody else. She gives else. 150% in everything right. that she does. Yeah. And so, she's so sweet. I, I miss that in traveling, but yeah. There's something that what I saw in that was perception. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a lot of people on the outside who watch what we do, you know, mm-hmm. we're on we're, whether it be on our podcasts or, you know, making movies and TV shows, they the perception is we all are like Ava or something. <laughs> like, you know, like we're all yeah. successful. We're all but yeah. the, so my perception of her of Joelle, just as an example, mm-hmm. you know, thinking she's always interviewing all these, you know, movie stars and TV stars from, you know, from the work she does. I assume she was doing fine. Right. The right. perception of that, yeah. you know, is what is what you see. Yeah. <clears throat> and sometimes, and Chris and I were talking about this recently. You have to be careful about the perception you put out there. Yeah. If yeah. it's not real. Yeah. You know, because 
like in our world, Chris and I, you know, we're very busy at the Writers Guild and all these other things we have going on. And I have my office here. I drive a cool car. People assume I'm got it really, really going on. Right. <clears throat> and I, my life is great. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's not, but it's not the perception that they think. Yeah. Well, yeah. you feel yeah. me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. that's something that happens. It happens a lot to people out here. I mm-hmm. think people back... People back east because every place is, is east from here. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know, like the, like a Scottsdale is east. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, even San Diego is east. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's pe- people assume that you. Uh, I mean, people used to call me all the time. Right. People used to call me up all the time who I knew from college or high school. Right. Hey, you got some money for me? What? <laughs> Especially once they found out y'all sold the script, right? What? Is it, well, yeah, then too. But even then, they're like, what do you mean? They're like, well, you live out there in LA, so you must be doing right. well. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. I had that come up with the family member. Yeah. You're you going to be my rich cousin. No, yeah, I'm not. Wow. You know, there's that. I mean, you know, like I, uh, I lucked up with the place that I live in now. Um, I live in this little this enclave in town called it's called uh, it's called Larchmont Village. Right. Oh yeah, this is a okay. very very nice place. Very, very nice, nice place. All these really nice houses like that, everything mm-hmm. like that. I just found a unit. Uh, it was the height of the it was it was the height of the recession. What? Oh, was it so, 2007, 2008? Yeah, 2008, and there was oh, okay. nobody in that building. Really? It was it was like three people in that building of like what? sixteen units. Oh, um, wow. and and he just slashed the prices down to get people in. Oh, and I was like, oh, but it's rent control too, so I'm straight. Right. But you know, but it's a place that I shouldn't really be living in. Right. Because I tell people where I live, they're like. Yeah, oh, how can you afford well. right? Oh, and it's right across the street from Paramount, so everybody yeah, thinks he's got it going on, right? And okay. Raleigh Studios, or right? Yeah, but I'm like, it's <clears throat> got a good deal because, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing that you don't know when you first come here again about your neighborhoods and stuff like that. You don't know like where to look, what, what right. you can live, yeah. The t- the time, the market in the like, you know, there's a, there's a real estate market in LA when you can get stuff at an interesting rate, you know, like like uh, if you move out here in November or December, mm-hmm. you can definitely find some good bargains because right. that's some people who can't hack it have moved out. Right. Like, I gotta go to back know. to I gotta leave. Um so you look so, so that's something that that um I didn't figure out until uh, I've been out here for a while. I mean mm-hmm. in the and it's funny is the building that I'm living in now I had uh, there's a meeting we went to at Paramount one time, mm-hmm. and it, I was like, and, I, and we parked on that street, and I was like, I was like, this would be a cool place to live. Look at this little cool ass building, right, blah, right, blah, right. blah. And like four years later, I was like, oh, there's a, oh, there's a, there's a for rent sign, mm-hmm. you know? So I was like, I got it. But um, just because I've, you know, but just driving around and like, and there's a lot of that that you got to do to to get you comfortable with the city. Yeah. I think what's interesting about, you know, this good friend of ours, Shane, was telling me that he uh, he's from London. And, oh, he, okay. and he was like, oh, uh, it's so easy in L.A. because it's on a grid system. The city's just set up on a grid. And he was like, London and Paris and all these places in Europe, it's like, you know, this, it's just these wild kind of... This, the cities grew without any like city planning, right. per se. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you just kind of like, these, these streets go, stop, and then five blocks later they pick up again and, right. and crazy yeah. stuff That's like crazy. that. <laughs> you got to really know your way around yeah. there. You know, yeah. Yeah. You're going one way to see, oh, it's a one-way street now, going the other right. way. You're like, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's something that you got to be... Just being intent... I think, you know, I, there's a friend of mine told me... Uh, one time, he'd been here for like almost 30 years. He's like, he's in the DGA, he's like first AD, he's worked on all these big ass shows like NYPD Blue and mm-hmm. Star Trek, uh, the, the Next Generation, stuff like that. And he was like, Look, you don't even really want to be friends with people who 
I've only been out here for like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Because he said that th- it takes about three years to really get your groove mm-hmm. into making money, right. meeting people, getting and, and not being hit by the city. Right. Because one of the things that this right. city has that, that mostly there's a so and, I, and I'll just interject. I think he's saying that because most people don't last for a year or two. Right. right. They right. get right. here. Right. They they miss home. They can't afford it or whatever their reasons and are. It might be, I don't know, maybe in my experience, it's easier because I'm older and I've had some right, that helps. Yes, behind yes, me. That, helps. that definitely helps. Right. I don't think I would have been able to make it fresh out of college. Right. I'm glad that those interruptions happened because I had some, now I've got life under my belt. Right. And I know how to bob and weave and duck and take the punches that life mm-hmm. throws or just figure things out. Like getting him out here and saying, hey, let's just drive around. I already know what neighborhoods I have in mind because my mm-hmm. home... I've you I've been here what three times mm-hmm. before I moved. So I've been three visits, and I was like, okay, a week's not long enough. Two weeks is definitely isn't long enough. Right. I'm just going to go. So six weeks in, I've got you know uh, neighborhood recommendations, and I knew what I would like. So I was like, let me just you want to say where and see any, any idea like where? Ah, well, we were I'm looking just at Glendale. Now. Well, we were looking at Glendale. Okay, that's not I figured fine. Glendale was uh, a nice distance. Yeah, yeah. neutral and. Uh, Whenever he gets settled and gets a job, it'll be right. a good. It won't be a terrible commute for him. Right. Um, I was looking at Pasadena. Him being Rob, by the yeah, way. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> trying to respect Who's off mic? his 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 <laughs> lay lowness <laughs> right now. Um, we He's were looking got a good at spirit, Pasadena. Though. That's good. Yes, yes, he does. Um, <clears throat> looking at Pasadena, looking at Glendale, and then we looked at where were we yesterday? By the observatory. Somewhere oh, by the oh, observatory. Oh, uh, Los Feliz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over there. That's a, a good area. Yeah. Really good area. So those are like yeah. our top three picks okay. so far. And so I just sort of watched as I was driving around, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, that's good. And right. it was like, I okay, good. Los for like... You lived everywhere, you damn moving my I lived in Los Feliz before I'm in the place now. I found this really, really cool bungalow, and it was like on Los Feliz. It was on Sunset. Just It was on Alexandria, just off of Sunset. Right. Okay. And... Um, I love the neighborhood, but that but that guy he had black mold in the place, and that's why oh. that's why I get migraines now. I was right. like, this motherfucker. Because <laughs> <laughs> the place looked all new, and it had a new kitchen and new mm-hmm. bathroom. I was like, this is gonna be right. great. This is gonna be great. But see, he didn't. He, he just he like, painted over. It was shit. cosmetic. He yeah, right. over. He right. didn't, and he put in new fixtures and shit, but right. he didn't. Yeah, like, he didn't pull fix off the, the wall. problem. Yeah, and I was like, this motherfucker. Um, oh, that sucks. Yeah, but that's a nice neighborhood. It's a really nice neighborhood. There's like a lot of. There's a lot of great coffee shops there, bars. Mm-hmm. It's really close to town. I mean, the thing about Glendale is if you live like southwest Glendale, mm-hmm. I think that's the better place to live if you're going to live in Glendale because you can take um, Glendale Boulevard to yeah. get into the city. Oh, okay. And it, it, it comes across the five and turns into Los Fields Boulevard. Right. So it's like, it's so that, so that way. It's a quick skip it's, it's to, a quick, yeah. Yeah, to the to the city. Yeah. You take Las Feliz to Franklin, yeah. and then yeah. you're like yeah. right in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. So so fast. It's just so so that way you're avoiding the freeways. I like that. Avoid that's freeway the key. Is my jam. That's the <laughs> that's the key. That's the if key. you yeah. can figure out how to avoid, avoid the freeway, the freeway yeah. you'll you'll be good. You got to leave a little earlier. Yeah, yeah that's but fine. It's better than sitting. You I want to be moving. Get to the almost get to the airport to pick him up without getting on the freeway until like the very last minute, and it was glorious too because it was raining, so it made it even better. Um, yeah, you could have took La Cienega straight down. You could have taken La Brea 
To something else. That's what I do. Okay. Yeah. La Brea to Stalker. <clears throat> to Stalker. To La, to La Cienega. To La Cienega. Right. And then I like kick over on uh, La Tierra. La Tierra, right. And then, and then roll that down to, to Airport Boulevard. To Airport Boulevard. Okay, there. bet. Yeah, we'll have to try to do that. Because because there's like a few bottlenecks on the freeway that will just break right. your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's some true shit. <laughs> That's and, what you said, right? You know, and, and it's like going across the Brooklyn Bridge and traffic. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the one that, and there's one that you almost have to do is where the 10 and the 405 cross yep. that will just kill you. And right. it's, it's a yep. little better now. But for like the last five years, they've been doing construction to right. like to widen the. To, I think they added two lanes on each side. Mm-hmm. But just imagine ten but years ago. But it's the merge. Yeah, yeah. It's they the merge. Merging right. causes the, the, more right. problems here than right. anything. But the worst. Like. But see, but um, imagine just. I mean, I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. but five years ago, before they had it wider, mm-hmm. it was less lanes. It's still the same amount of traffic. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just like kicking all the way back up to like right. Wilshire. You'd be like, you know what? <laughs> How do we escape? <laughs> I've almost thought I was going to miss flight several times leaving out of here. Just like, oh God, no, no, I can't, we're not going to make it. Just like, yeah, we are, we are. No, we're not. We're not right. going to stay another oh, day. Oh, <laughs> by the way, that's another tip for people when they come out here and when they're new. <clears throat> don't. You have to smartly arrange times to go to the airport. Oh yeah. Yes. Don't ever. Yeah. Don't ever. I mean, look. And and the times that people come in, the times that people come in, you got to pick them up. That's what I mean. That's the thing, too, right? You know what? I'll be the best friend whenever Mm -hmm. if you want me to come pick you up (laughs) from the airport, right? At like eleven in the morning or some yeah. shit, right? Yeah, but after noon, between noon and like seven o'clock, uh, I put no. you on block at that point. If you calling about <laughs> the airport, because no, no, that's yes. like you know, because it's like four hours right. in yeah. the car. Yes, right. and four yeah. hours in the car could be like you know here to Vegas, is right. right? But you're just in town. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, you have to really, really love someone to pick them up from LAX right. after twelve o'clock. Uh, and let's argue it after seven. After if, if, seven if, you, yeah. if you can come in at like eight, nine o'clock, yeah. I'm gold because it's like a shh, shh, but otherwise, yeah. no. Let me ask you a question. I mean, we, we'll, we'll still continue on things people can do. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? I want to write and produce television shows. Okay. And sell my feature script because somebody said it was a cool story and I thought, it's my life. I didn't think it was a cool story, but in retrospect, maybe it kind of was. <laughs> and that's, um, it's done? It's in progress. I've okay. got two out of three acts done. It's it's that delicate balance of uh, where they say everything is true, but none of it happened right. um, when you're writing a biography, autobiography. Right. So changing some of the story. You have to. You're um, making a movie. You know, and, and, and I think I, you and Lisa and I talked about that mm-hmm. once, how she wanted to adapt a Griselda Blanco story, right. and you were doing one on Sylvester. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, so just trying to figure out what... I did, I did the Black Wall Street movie. I did the same. Yes, yes. I had to... Figure out what, what aspects of real life do you keep right. and what do you fictionalize and that balance of comedy and drama because mm-hmm. a lot of it was uh, me learning. I have to say, I knew... <laughs> I was a completely different person when right. I first graduated from college. Okay, right. very... Hillary Banks like like oh my god <laughs> it's filthy out here it smells and <laughs> hair twirling yeah right. like I was very sheltered right. and and I I acknowledge that now a lot of growth took place down did there. she grow Rob 
<laughs> a lot of growth. And like, He's like, you don't even know what I went through the last five years with this one. <laughs> um, like just getting me on the plane was was a was an act of God because yeah. I was fine until they were like, well, you're going to need a bulletproof vest and helmet. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop, stop. What point is this? A C-130. Because I was taking a, I was taking a military, was a military? flight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was okay. taking a cargo yeah. flight from an Air, uh, Air Force base down there. And I oh, had to wear, yeah, I had to oh, wear okay, okay. Uh, uh, the flag jacket and the camouflage yeah, the, yeah. and everything, right, right, right. like camouflage uniform with the mm. hat and all that stuff, boots, mm. the whole thing. They're like, we need to make you pretend like you in the military. And they were like, well, it's standard <laughs> issue if you're on a flight. And right. I was like, I left mine in the car. I'll be right back. And I tried to run. And my really? parents were like, oh, no, no, <laughs> you come back here and you get on that plane. <laughs> so then I get on the plane and then my nerves are kicking in. So I'm like, okay, excuse me, sir, I have to go to the bathroom. And the cargo and is like, just rolling there. Well, yeah. And he's like, it's there's cold. a bucket. There's it's a like... bucket behind the shower curtain and that's your bathroom. And I was what? like, mm. okay, so now I'm just sitting there for two hours. A germaphobe. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I didn't want to be that person right. who let it rip in a bucket and we got to fly for two right. hours. Like, there's just manners involved right. in here. So then our first stop is in Bosnia and they're offloading cargo and then picking up soldiers. Mm-hmm. So I take off my seatbelt and I'm making a run for it. He's like, no, there's no time for you to go in the bathroom. It's like, oh my God. So it was another two hours to <clears throat> Kosovo and finally we land, get outside, and I res- distinctly remember saying, Oh my God, it smells like ass out here. And then the soldiers turned and looked at me and were like, Excuse you. It's like, Well, it does. <laughs> I come to find out it's because everything was coal, coal based, coal oh, right, power, right. coal, everything coal, because they were so far behind. Right. A lot of the power systems had been bur- yeah. bombed out and there was just a lot going on. So mm-hmm. I really didn't have time to do research on where I was going because I, the time between me finding out about the job and me getting on the plane was 12 days. Like it was like, boom, 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 you're going to go, you're going to go, let's get you there. Um, So I learned a lot while I was down there. So there was a great deal of growth that took place. Um, And I really had to make that that leap uh, when I left. So it's me trying to balance out what part of that to tell and focus on the growth and not necessarily the events and... And how to balance it all out. See, but see, this is the thing I think is fascinating about your story because I think that Americans will find a lot of interesting things about their own life mm-hmm. by traveling to Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people I know find it, you know, they want to go to Paris, they want to go to London, they maybe want to go to Rome, everything like that. Or they, some, some people, uh, you know, like... Not black people mm-hmm. would be interested in maybe going to Germany or stuff like right, that. You right, know, right, but, right. But but then there's a lot of people I know who are Jewish don't want to go to Germany. <laughs> right. But it's interesting because you see something about the world that is very uh, it's just different, and mm-hmm. it's like you said, it's really torn down. It's it's the, like the 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 war, the communism for forty fifty years, whatever it is. I mean, because mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I went to East Berlin mm-hmm. and and I was in high school and I was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you don't expect that because you know because you because you come in across the train and you go to West Berlin and it's looking like New York or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And you go across the wall and you're like, "Uh, yeah." So y'all are looking like we're still in a war zone. Right. With right. Yeah. Broken down buildings and it's just it's a shanty and, town, and, and, ain't it? Yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, and everyone is kind of like dour because they right. know that everyone's spying on each. I mean, East Berlin has its own thing, mm-hmm. but it's just. It, it it opened my eyes to a lot about how we 
perceive the world differently. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should, and it just it may, it may it may be less judgmental about a lot of things and how the world perceives us. Yes, because while I was over in Germany, nine uh, eleven happened, oh, wow. and we were in military housing, but it wasn't on a base. It was basically with everybody else. Right. So we were right across the street from German neighborhoods, and there were protests happening outside of our house Ooh. all the time. It's kind of scary. Um, a little bit, a little scary. <clears throat> but it's we don't often get coming-of-age stories with black women. And no. so for me, this is like, oh, this there's, there's something here. Right. That I could, there's a story here I could tell. Same with all the the TV shows that I write. Like right. most of my characters are black women, 35 and up, yeah. um, in roles that we don't way see. Older in, in, way older than you. Way older than you. Way older than who? You. Who? You. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, okay, okay. So this, but you're young yeah. So this is interesting. This, this, I think this, I think this, this, would be great, this is great too. It's like, did you see Lady Bird? Yes, I did. See, yeah. I thought Lady Bird was an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was necessarily like a groundbreaking movie in terms yeah. of the storytelling, yeah. but it was amazing because, like you said, a coming-of-age story with a woman, we don't see enough of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it just, and it's, I, the story is, is coming-of-age. We might have seen coming-of-age movies forever, but there's a, there was nuances in that movie that I thought were really unique that, where I was like, that's cool because mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm not bored with that scene or I haven't seen that right. scene before. For the audience who hasn't seen it, what's it about? Okay, so Lady Bird is a, takes place in Sacramento mm-hmm. and it's about uh, this, she's a senior in college, mm-hmm. high a, a senior in high school, mm-hmm. and she really wants to go to um, New York for college. Right. And it starts off in like, just like in the, the school year is beginning and in the, the beginning she's telling, there's the greatest opening scene. Well, second scene, the greatest scene, I, I mean, you've probably seen it when you saw the movie. I mean, the, the trailer is With them like, in the car? In the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're sitting there talking, yeah. and uh, and she and the girl tells her mom, I'm, I, I, she wants to go to these, to these non-California schools. And her mom's like, no, 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 you're too dumb, and blah, blah, blah. And she just jumps out the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, hold on a minute. And it just tells you so much I was about on the her. Floor on that it just tells you so much about right. her as a character. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like... That is so interesting to see that, and then just everything else that goes on. Her choices Mm -hmm. were so much like that's not what a guy would do, Mm -hmm. and that's what made the movie interesting to me. Not just like it's coming of age thing. I think that's what I think. From what you're telling me about your thing, without going into the detail, you know, a black woman in former Yugoslavia, Mm -hmm. you know, nine eleven era stuff like that. I mean, that makes a very compelling story because. You know, those people in that part of the world have a very different view of black people. They're not yeah. seeing black people. Yeah. You know, it's very, you know, you're in Paris, you see a lot of black people. You're yeah. all over Western right. you There's see lots them. of people there. But you don't yeah. see it. You no, don't they see don't see, them. see it there. Like Except I, for the soldiers. We visited a school and there, these girls were trying to rub it to see if it came off. And really? I, yeah, like I was the first, and the yeah, interpreter was oh, like, "Oh, it's not a rude thing. They're 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 like, genuinely well, curious. Them on TV. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, they're oh. genuinely curious, and they just want to know if it comes off." And I was like, "They come from a condo, don't they?" <laughs> I, look, man, I would tell you a story. I mean, I, this is this is. I mean, look, the, there was a girl when I was in high school. I met this when I was in Germany. I met this girl from Yugoslavia who right. who her parents she had left and she had never seen a black dude. Mm-hmm. Huh. You know, and she was and like so curious in me. It was just like she's all these questions and it's just like I was just like what? Like, can I can I feel it? <laughs> what is it real? 
You Did know, it really it go down to your knees? Crazy. It was so crazy. It was so. <laughs> Y'all know I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna say something else. It's a little, it's a little, Excuse me while I whip it out. <laughs> it's a little off color, but also it's too off color. But um, <laughs> it's just, I just, it's just. Sorry, Rob. We just, yeah. You know, we're, we're crazy. It's just, but it, but but that is it's to there. be too. That's yeah. a fascinating part of the of what goes on in our world because, because they didn't know about us. And to be honest, at the time when all this was happening, I didn't know about them. I was need deep or neck high in college and I I was a full-time student I had two jobs vaguely aware of what was going on over there so I had learning to do they had learning to do everybody learns on both sides and there's there's just something there and it 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 took me from this post undergrad optimist to a realist Mm -hmm. and it was it was like I I got a real life education right. that no university I got could my provide. Education. You know, I, I learned things that you know we would mm-hmm. go off and uh, take trips to other bases and see historical markers. It was just like, oh boy, I feel like a really obnoxious American right about now. Right. And you really get to learn about yourself and about others. But I want to tell that story. Mm-hmm. I want to tell the stories about my mercenaries and my. Right my spies and things right. like that. I just want to give black women the spotlight that they're just now starting to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but just tell these stories that we haven't had a chance to tell before. And I, I just love telling stories anyway. Like any way I can do that, that's what I want to do. I just want to be a storyteller. Yeah, and see, you're, you're on to something. <clears throat> one, of the other thing I, one of the other things I was going to say is you need to come here with a plan. Yeah. Meaning not only a plan of here are the type of, or here are the scripts that I have, mm-hmm. but a plan of here are the things that I want, that I know I do best. Mm-hmm. So here's the direction I'm going to go in. Yes. Because sure. there's nothing like, I, 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 told, I told Chris this all the time, I'm pitched at least 10 projects a week, mm-hmm. right? And there's nothing like hearing a pitch and not hearing a direction on the story. Yeah. Or your own personal story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, you could tell me all you want about a story, but if I don't see your tie-in, mm-hmm. I don't see why you're important to it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why I should even keep well, you. Y- y- right. Yeah. You know? well, Go ahead. Sure, I mean, that's a great point because you already know how to, like, the value of what you're doing. And also, you're at a time in the industry that they're looking for that. Mm-hmm. See, because in point the, of view. In the late nineties, yeah, yeah. like when I came out here, my brother and I would tell stories about, oh, you know, like I got stopped by the, you know, by the East Sherman police because we because someone in our group thought, you know, like, like these stories about what my brother and I did, my dad was a coffee trader. People were like, anyone black do that get out of this right, office. Right, 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 right. You know, for like, for, for over a decade. And I was mm-hmm. like, no, 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 that would be cool to see because we've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Get out of this office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a double dutch story for you to write instead because you're black. <laughs> and I was <laughs> oh, like, no. this is just, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I'm telling you a story that's real for, for me. Mm-hmm. And I can't be the only one because there's black people who are living in Germany because of the, the basis there. That yeah. is the, yeah. is that experience. Mm-hmm. You might not know that because mm-hmm. you know what's going on in Europe, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of black people there. Yep. Right. I mean, and, and then, you know, a couple of years, maybe five, six years later, after, after I was like, I, I'm done, I'm hitting it so much to tell those stories mm-hmm. because no one will listen. You know, like you know, like Boris Kojo comes on the scene. Right. Well, I'm from Germany, and uh, I, you yeah. know, right. I'm from Germany. <laughs> right. and I'm speaking German fluent because right. of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And people, and then some people probably just had. Some people got woke at that point about, oh, mm-hmm. black people do do stuff over there. Mm-hmm. And now, because we've seen stuff like Olivia Pope and things like that, there's right. more of an opening for that, right. you know, which yeah. I think is great for you in terms of what you want to do. And right. then, like Hilliard said, it's such a, you know, like, I'll give you details on this world that 
unless you're some CIA case operative, you, 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 you <laughs> right. don't know. Right. You know, right. so what's up? There's, like, I've always, characters that influenced me, like, even as a kid, were like Ellen Ripley, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Connor. The first script I ever wrote, and I think I may have told you this when I was on here, but the first script I ever wrote as a kid was my own version of Terminator 3. Um, <laughs> handwritten, because we didn't have a computer yet. Right. Um, but I saw Sarah Connor and was like, I want to be her. Right. And every time I write someone, I, I take... She's like, what if she was a, sis- a sister from Chicago pieces. in 1978? <laughs> <laughs> I take pieces of Sarah and pieces of Ripley and pieces of um, all these women and try to put them together, but right. make them black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we deserve... We don't have a lot of action. Right. Uh, you know, we, we had an attempt uh, with Proud Mary. Right. We thought Foxy Brown was going to bring it back, but that didn't work, did no. it? And that was a great movie. And there's Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. The a recent one? The um, Tarantino. Oh, you mean... Jackie, uh, Jackie Brown. Brown. Jackie Brown. Foxy Brown. Brown. Forgive me, y'all. But it had but no, Foxy in it. Something with a brown in it. Well, she was in it. No, she because she'd yeah. she done Foxy right, Brown. Right. Yeah. Well, I agree with you because, like, I... You know, there's been that movie. Mm-hmm. There was a, a talk of a spinoff to give, like, Halle Berry something after her mm-hmm. role in James Bond that she did. Mm-hmm. There was talk mm-hmm. about... And I think they actually are doing it now, the spinoff of Gabrielle Union's character from Bad Boys, from Bad Boys 2. They were yes. like, oh, yeah. After that, they're like, oh, we should give her a movie. Mm-hmm. And it never really materialized. I think mm-hmm. now there's a show that will be on NBC next yes. fall. Mm-hmm. But that's 15 years later on right. Boston. Yeah. So I'm right. like... Now is the time. But like, And then we get Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Uh, blonde. Right. Charlize is great, right. but anybody else? You know, there's just something about women in action that I I inherently love. That's that's I love it. But black women in action is just so rare, and that's what I want. Like pretty much everything I do mm-hmm. revolves around that, and I always write like with the same. So they're more action driven. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, either when teenage. you say coming of age, that turned it more drama well, to me. But well, no, that that well, one story—that's her story. Okay, but but I mean, yeah, the, the the feature is a is a coming of age drama, but everything okay. else is like a is a, a one hour genre drama. Okay. For, Alias, bullshit. yeah, okay, those, those type yeah. things. Yeah, Sydney Bristow was was my girl right. back in, back in the day. Um, but again, Sydney Bristow. That's uh, good. By the way, I mean, I was here's where I was going with this was. People always ask me, like, for instance, let's just take specs, mm-hmm. right? Now, most people don't even do specs anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go into Warner Brothers or CBS or ABC, you want to do one of the fellowships, you need to write one. Mm-hmm. You also need to write one for this reason. Mm-hmm. You need to know what it's like to write a spec so that you can be able to mimic somebody's voice. Yes. People, a lot of young writers think, oh, well, we don't need, need to do it anymore. I'm like, you need uh, to be doing it to practice it. I did a power, uh, the script, one of the pilots I'm finishing now started off as a power spec. Right. Um, and then I did a blackish one. For I want to say WB program. Right. So here's where year. I was going with this. But yeah, <clears throat> as a woman writer and mm-hmm. as a black woman writer, mm-hmm. they're expecting you to write a power. <laughs> yeah. You feel me? Yeah. They're expecting you to write a blackish. Yeah. You need to write a handmaid's tale. You need to show them how different I can go. Mm-hmm. You need to write a freaking uh, 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 Sons of Anarchy, just as an example. Sons Something you know, something, needs, that's not around anymore. Write, you know what I mean? Yeah, you have yeah. to show, show it them. Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Babylon Berlin, no, girl? No, oh, oh, it's no, it's the show. No, it's the show. Rob, where Netflix. Can, where can I f- on Netflix? The, the one of the best oh. shows, shows that everyone is, that everyone is sleeping on. They are sleeping really? the whole the whole city is sleeping on that show, dude. Huh, it's badass. Okay, I'll let them tell you about it in a minute. Okay, you want to show Hollywood? I'm not. They want to read it and think you're a dude. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, that you're a white dude. Yeah, I want them to be like. 
Lauren Warren, is that a guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? I want them to wonder, mm-hmm. like, who the fuck wrote this script? Mm-hmm. You want to be the opposite of what you expect. Okay. That's how you're going to jump in. And okay. I'm only saying that because a lot of my friends, when I first started, that's what they told me. Okay. Don't write the black shows. Yeah. Write yeah. a show that they don't expect you yeah, to see, write. That's, that's interesting. Interesting. You, we have to prove ourselves different than they do. Yes, we do. That's an interesting because I, I, I kind of mm. feel like a lot of the people who... Who are in the black committee with us? Mm-hmm. They say they have a hard time getting people read because I think there. Uh, the, there's that one girl. She mentioned she's writing that script about the thoughts, right? And I'm just like Tiffany. Yeah, it's like that. That could be a good. That could be a good script. It mm-hmm. can be, but when the thing you hear all the time is that white people and showrunners of like that they always say, "I can't find black writers. I can't <laughs> find black writers." Yeah. And I think Lauren, it, they say this. All, all the, time. the time. And I'm going to call them a liar all the time. <laughs> well, it's 60 of us on our committee right now. I mean, it's crazy. So, but, the, but I think it's because, you know, they say you can't get a rep and blah, blah, blah. Because if, if, you, if you write material that they, that the, the, the there's, a, there's a big disconnect between what the audience will accept and what the, the right. agents and stuff like that are, are willing to run with right now. Right. They're getting a little more open up, but they still haven't figured out. So it's like if you... But I think it's... You're right. If I, I realize this is what it is, is that no one's writing stuff that's not black. Right. You know, when they are black and it's like... Then you people... And people always say, well, you know what? You just didn't get this world. And it's like, they don't have to get your world. You got to get their world. Right. Mm-hmm. And once you're in... Then you can do a lot of stuff, right. but you can't roll out, you know, some story about, uh, you know, for instance, the thing that that Lena has the shy, right? Shine. Like, mm-hmm. like you necessarily, you can't, like, she didn't use that, I, I think, to get on Bones. She no. might have, but I, she, I doubt, I, I doubt mm-hmm. it. But she got on Bones mm-hmm. and then proved herself, and then she was now okay. I got now I've done a season. Right. I'm a good writer. Right. Here's my here's my thing. Right. Boom, and it goes. Right. But it's like that's where the mistake is because. Number one, she also produced, you know, a movie that did pretty well, yeah. Dear White yeah. People. So it got yeah. her in rooms. Yeah. So they were like, "Well, what else are you doing?" And Master what of None did pretty well. That that really yeah. elevated her because yeah. she was but, on. But, but, you it's, know. Uh, but, but that's just all after yeah. the fact. I mean, like she had she had sold the shy before right. Master of None was even was was on the right. air yet. It's okay. a long process. It's a long, yeah. 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 especially long with thing. Showtime and HBO. Yeah, they developed um, the crap out of it. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like that's to me. And you might say, I don't know that world, but if you're black, I find that to be a cop out because you do know that we world. We know every world because, because we everybody be, else has been yeah, poured, pushed on us. So well, we yeah, yeah. Well, well, we live in their world. Yeah, they yeah, don't live in our world. Yeah, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah, okay. And, and, right. and the Better fact, said, thank you. And the fact that they don't live in our world when they have to read the script set in our world, right. that's the vernacular, the behavior right. patterns, the, the pathologies are so different than theirs. They'd be right. like, I don't, get, I don't get this. I don't mm-hmm. believe this. Mm-hmm. But if you turn around and was to write like some version of Alias now, Mm-hmm. You know, if that was out, they'd be like, "Oh shit!" Who, like he said, "Who mm-hmm. is this?" And it's un- it's unexpected. It's still unexpected. Right? Yeah, that's. I've got three on the board that I'm working on, plus the feature, and and now the struggle is finding that balance. But I want to touch on something you mentioned because I came up uh, against this a couple of months ago, where um, someone asked if I had representation, right, and. They couldn't engage in any discussions with me if I didn't, right? Because they didn't want to take advantage in any way, shape, or form. Because you were telling them about the project you were doing. Is I that was, why? So, yeah, because yeah, they didn't want to. It's I know to and You didn't them. sign a release. No, no, right, I didn't sign why. anything. So it's that right. loop of you don't. You got to have 
you have to get work to get representation, yeah. and you have to have representation to get work. Yeah. And so that's something else I've been sort of dealing with. And it's like, well, I I don't. One of the questions I had was, it really necessary? Like, yeah. Yeah. I suppose it is. It's, okay. It's, it, I mean, like I've been run up against that a lot recently because I don't have a manager right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people in town, like mm-hmm. a lot of executives, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't. I don't want to read it. And maybe, right. Unless it's someone who I've known for a really long time, yeah, like maybe ten years or something like that. Like those people will read something because they're. Friends of mine, right. not necessarily executive friends of mine, right? Um, and it's be it's that the, tr- the and the and the see the thing is is that what they don't get is that they know a lot of white people who have representation whose scripts might not be that good, mm-hmm. and they're like okay, and so they're so the immediate assumption is if you don't have representation, then your work is really bad because. Right. Yeah. I know a lot of people who have who have repped somewhere and they're right. not they don't work they don't they're not serious right. blah 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 so I went five years without a rep okay. until November of last year really didn't keep me from working you okay. know what I mean it's about but I have relationships with all these producers so they just hire me to write projects you know what I mean gotcha <clears throat> so it's about how you do it yeah how you manage yourself so where I was going with that was put yourself in the position of the producer or executive whoever it was you were talking the agent whatever mm-hmm. you are a company. You, mm-hmm. you are the entity, right? Yes. So a writer comes to you and wants you to read the, the project. If you already have another project in any similarity to that, if you don't sign some sort of release, get it through, get it through the managing company, the agent, or whatever, mm-hmm. you are at risk yeah. of them coming saying, you I pitched know. a project so similar, they went off and did... That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's that, that's look. Okay. I'll, I'll, give, you the, I'll yeah. give you and it's and 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 it's not even it's some weird tangential shit could happen. Like right. a friend of mine wrote that movie called Lottery Ticket, right? Mm-hmm. It's an Ice Cube. What's up, Abdul? Yeah. Okay. And, and and yeah. <laughs> so I so so Ice Cube is in the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie was written, uh, financed, and ready to go by a company called Alcon. Okay. Okay. And they were like, "Well, we'll green light it if we can do if we can get an actor to play this sort of cameo role, the serious role. So who can we get?" And they were like, "Let's get Ice Cube." And I think Abdul like knew Ice. He knew Ice Cube from some other work they right. did there. And he said, "Okay, Ice Cube, can we can you do blah, blah, blah. And they got Ice Cube. Did the movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Somebody sued the whole project because they had sent Ice Cube's company. A movie about a kid who won the lottery in the hood. Right, and and, and that's how close it is. And and, oh, and, wow. and, and okay. the thing is, is that Ice Cube's company had nothing to do with this movie on any level. Yeah. It's just that the Ice Cube got was starring in it. Right, right. But the right. person said, "Well, Ice Cube got my script, and you know, and right. and didn't do it, and now I'm going to sue him." Yeah. Now there was a book that was sent, and it was sent all like without representation stuff right. like that. Yeah. But we said we sent it to you. And then they didn't get it. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but you know what? His company didn't even produce the movie. And now mm-hmm. he's involved in the lawsuit. Right. And mm-hmm. everybody wants to avoid that shit. Right. You know? yeah. So you see how yeah. sensitive? It's just really yeah. touchy. So yeah. they avoid it. But to me, if you ever in that situation say, hey, I'd be willing to sign a release. Okay. Just throw it out there to them so you so they know you know. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Anybody, anybody with a real company has a release form. If they don't, they fucking go online and get one. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that. Nolo.com, yeah. Right. Okay. Or um, right. if you, you know, it's a it's a little easier to get an attorney out here, like an entertainment attorney. Okay. And a, and a lot of places will take an acceptance from an entertainment attorney because they because those people are are part of the part of the soup too. So. Okay. Well, that's you know, good to right. know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because you can say I can have my attorney send it to you. Mm-hmm. Or okay, you, okay, go, go but, ahead. 
if you don't have any of that, just say, hey, I'd be willing to sign a release. I just mm-hmm. want to come in and pitch you a couple of these projects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Throw it out there that way. That way they know you're legit. Okay. You know? All right. Because see, it's an obstacle. And you should always be finding a solution to obstacles. Yeah, I don't look at it as a wall. It's like it's a brief hurdle. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I, I, I still talk to people and I still network and I still reach out, but it's like, uh, let me put a pin in that and figure out the right response right. for it. That's how I'm ha- tackling most things now. Like mm-hmm. nothing is really a no. It's a let me research this and I'll come back to it later. Right. Um, I've been lucky in that respect that I haven't gotten a lot of hard <laughs> no's about things, but... Really, I'm just at this point where I'm I, I'm working on finalizing, just getting good specs and good pieces, good uh, ex- excerpts together, right. so that when people request it, it's boom, I can send it out, boom, keep it in the cloud, I can send it out if I'm at a parking stop, right. if at a light, I don't have to wait um, for anything. But right. um, yeah, just getting out here was was the hardest part, and just figuring out how to how to spend my days and make each day count. Well, so let's, I, let's talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Do you have, like, you had that one question for him. <clears throat> Is there anything else that's burning you while you have us here to, 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 that might help somebody else who's listening? Uh, I mean, networking. For some people, yeah. just figuring out what events to go to because right. if you sign up for, like, Meetup or something, it can be overwhelming. Um, I guess which events to focus on so that you can better plan and schedule your time if you want to go network. Right. Um, like I have a schedule that I, I get up at like six and I catch, read the news and I write until about 12 or one. So that I spend the rest of the day answering emails, doing edits, working on Bibles or whatever, but I leave three days a week for networking. So where should people focus their networking? Well, here's here's an interesting question. Now, a lot of younger writers will go to other writer meetings or Mm -hmm. other writer, uh, uh, events. Mm Mm-hmm. If I were a younger writer, I would go to producer events. Interesting. Okay. I yeah. want to go where people are going to be hiring me. That makes sense. Yeah. You yeah. see what I mean? Yep. That's, that's the difference in how I work. Okay. Everybody yeah. else is going to meet other people just like themselves, which is good. On your way up, you need those type of people to know. Yeah. But if you have work that's ready to go, mm-hmm. you want to go meet the people who are hiring you. So okay. yeah, because there's a lot of events you can go to. I mean, like you mentioned the thing about film <coughs> independent. I mean, there's events at the producers guild. Right. There's a lot of mm. events at the producers guild. That, yeah. that anybody can go to. It. Anybody can yeah. go. Yeah, some some of them, not all of them. Okay, there's, there's a few. Okay, yes. all right, that's good to know. Right. Okay. So like little things like that that I would do that that would separate me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Here's another little thing. And Chris and I talk about this every blue moon. It's just kind of funny. If you ever come to an event. And, like, I put on a lot of events at the Writers Guild, mm-hmm. right? So I'm always in the front row. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people joke, oh, I knew you were here because you're always in the front row. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, there's two reasons why I'm in the front row. The first script I ever sold was this movie, and uh, this horror movie. And so I started getting all these panels. The first time I sat down behind the, the desk on the panel with all the rest of the writers, I looked out in the audience, and I could only see the first row or two. Mm-hmm. So I thought haven't been an actor, mm-hmm. how do I get the attention of the people up there? I went, well, I need to sit where they can see me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's my first reason why I always sit in the first or second row. The other thing is because as a black man, I don't want to be in the back. <laughs> I'm just being <laughs> yeah. real. Yeah. That's yeah, for yeah. me. Some people don't mind it. They're just like, fuck it, I'm in the back of the bus. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that no, shit. No, no. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. you know I do the exact same thing. Yeah, there's a lot of black people who just feel like I should sit in the back. Right. For whatever reason, yeah. they just maybe feel comfortable. They don't want to be under scrutiny, everything like that. But, I mean, yeah, that's something that I... I do it when I 
it, depending on the event. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll go to an event and I know the guy on the panel anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to sit there. I can come to them afterwards and right. just say, mm-hmm. hey, what's doing? You know, and I can get uh, that kind of rapport, whatever interaction differently. But yeah. if someone I don't know, yep. then I got to sit up front because right. I got to be able to like, because see what happens too is like something I noticed when we were at that one when the guy from Stars came, mm-hmm. like he bought, th- like, he came and it was just a panel on the guy who runs is the programming head at Stars, mm-hmm. but he brought like his, he whole, team, his whole team, his team of like three or oh, four okay. women right. who work under who work with him, mm-hmm. like the senior VPs, right. whatever, were all there in the room next to him. And I was like, "Oh, well, that's so who you talk to." Yeah, that's you yeah. Okay. talk to him because you, know, you yeah, can't yeah. get to him. You gotta, yeah. you gotta right. go to them. You yeah. know, and, and they were standing there talking to people talking the whole to, you know, time. So and, it was, and, yes. and, and if you and if, and if they like you, mm-hmm. they'll you know, right. hey, it's, it's an intro, come, a quick yeah. intro. Right. Boom yeah. to him. So they're the gatekeepers. You want to yeah. get through the gate? You yeah, don't I wanna... usually I usually do that anyway. That's how I got to Ava so quickly because I was I got there three hours early. He had a fully charged phone and was like, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know that." I drove all the way to Toronto to be here, and I want to say thank you. And she was like, "Oh my God, you did what?" <laughs> you also have, you also have to know that you have another advantage. You still doing Black Girl Nerds and all that stuff? Uh, I'm still doing Nerds of Prey. Nerds of Prey. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we are Nerds. Um, of, yeah, that is still an advantage. Use that as your advantage. Say, "Hey, yeah. I'm with Nerds of Prey. We're part of the Black Girl Nerds team. We're but whatever it is, you know, to mm-hmm. give you that." They're like, "Oh, because everybody's heard of that." Yeah, and you know, and it, it's and part of the yeah, it's separate pop culture. Just being someone <clears throat> like I'm a fan, right? Yes, yeah. I'm not just a fan, yeah. but I'm like I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a critic. I'm a you know I'm yeah. a, I'm I can a, give you like an educated you know, consumer like, right. and like also a, contributor. Like a couple inches of space. Right. I'm like, I'm, I because you know what I'm saying like oh so you could write me up. Yes. And yes. Just give me another any sort of exposure any sort of coverage. In, you know, and yeah. someone like Ava, who's just like a PR genius, she mm-hmm. knows she can relate to that. that yeah. But part right. of her whole thing is. I'm in the 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 Twitterverse probably right. every week. Mm-hmm. Something she knows that, and mm-hmm. so okay, I need another right. opportunity to do that. Right. Yeah. So there's yeah. also lots of um, <clears throat> there's lots of I don't know if you have to be one to get into them, but uh, like Nick and um, Alex, they they're part of the there's like an assistance um, group that mm-hmm. meets, and they all are like showrunners, assistants, and all these different people. Oh, okay. And so I don't know if you have to be one to get into there, mm-hmm. but it's the type of group you want to get into because you could probably get a job through them and whatever. Right, right, right. Um, I would be going that route. I wouldn't be necessarily trying to be around all the writers yeah. to see what they're going. I would be trying to do other things. Uh, yeah. I don't think everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, so what else differently can It's you never do? a straight line. Right. Oh, and something right. else that I, I said I wanted to do was um, in order to learn to be a better writer. Right. And it's always something I've always wanted to do, even as a kid. But I wanted to take acting lessons okay. uh, to help being uh, to know what I'm putting my characters through, and to know how to bring it to life. If in the event I have to direct something, right. at least I'm somewhat educated about the process and know what actors go through. Um, I, th- I think it's a huge advantage. I mean, I, I sh- it certainly is an advantage for me. I mean, I was an actor for twenty something years before I ever started writing, mm-hmm. and it definitely. Gives me, it gives me advantage as a writer. It gives me advantage whenever I direct mm-hmm. because I just know how to talk to them. Right. I just know how to pull them aside because I do what I would want right. done to me if I were in their pant, in their shoes. So I, I don't have nothing against it. I don't know necessarily what you gain from it if you're not consistently, if you just take a six-week class. I don't know what you really gain. Mm, I'm being real. I would, I would actually rather do it long term. No, but I'm just generalizing. Like yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, I took a class. I'm like, oh, well, that's What did nice. you really experience... <laughs> Doing a couple, you, you got up twice weeks. in six weeks. <laughs> to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, okay, yeah. so 
I did that. Mm-hmm. I did. I, um, I, I would say I audited an acting class mm-hmm. for about a year. Okay. Um, and because I'm a director, I really wanted to like figure that out. Right. But you know, this guy, his name is Tom Todoroff. I don't know if he still teaches or anything like that. But he was like, I need everyone to read this book called Audition. Mm-hmm. And I remember that book. you know, Michael mm-hmm. Shurtleff's book. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and and also what Todoroff was, he's like, well, look, if you can audit the class, that's fine because I know you're not an actor, blah blah blah. But you still got to go up. Mm-hmm. You still got to like prep a scene so you understand what it is. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you're fucking making this hard for me. Because right. like I'm not, I mean, I told you about my memory problems. Right. So, you know, I can't memorize a scene. <laughs> How am I going to memorize a scene? <laughs> it was so hard. But it just gave me a lot of respect. But I say that because from the point of view, the shirt left book and just being in the class because he would always sit there and say to the actor, what do you want in this scene? Because mm-hmm. that's telling you how to play the scene, right? And then there's, and he's like, you know, he'd always say, he's like, your first job as an actor is to be a text detective. Find out what all this stuff is because you're just getting sides and stuff like that or a short scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you find out like all the stuff that you're, you're that's going to sh- shape your performance. Mm-hmm. And then you say to yourself, sitting in the audience, you're like, "Oh, this is what writers, this is what actors look for in a scene. Right. This is what they need to make a scene work. Mm-hmm. You got to know that conflict. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that I like tell people all the time when I sit there reading those scenes is, there's no conflict in this scene. You mm-hmm. like, I've gone five pages with no conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but stuff is happening. You know what? I don't care if stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. Stuff is always happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, but, 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 you know." What drags you from scene to scene is the conflict up, right. and if it's un- and it's basically you leave it unresolved constantly, right. and mm-hmm. that's what you know. And if you're not doing that, you're just writing cool dialogue or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes, it, it, I don't know. That's something that that, that I learned, mm-hmm. and what could be interesting for you if you take a class, because I teach everyone. I come in and like guest teacher. This this one guy's class. He's a casting director guy. Is that he lets me uh, like. Just me bring in material that my brother and I have written. Oh, okay. And then you can, and then I can workshop it with actors and figure out. Oh, that which is work. the most important thing. Yeah. When you finish your script, you need yeah. to have a table reading. Yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Like, yeah. Because yeah, you get there and you go, they need to say that line. Right. It, you, yeah. It could be in your living room. It could be in your living room. You just need to hear it aloud with a narrator who's keeping the pace running. Yeah. You know, with actors who can really read it and give them a week to read and it. Don't it just be life. like, here's your. Here's your scene. Yeah. Give them some time to really spend a week reading it and getting their characters that out. That is on my to-do list. And I always tell people, you never know who's going to be here. So you might mm-hmm. want to be off book as much as you can. I might have one of my producer friends sitting here. Mm-hmm. I might not. Didn't you used to do that? Oh, I do them all the time. I still okay. do them. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know what? I still need to do the thing for my thing. Yeah, we need to do it. We need to do it. Let's plan that. We should do it, and then we can get Ray and all those dudes there. Yeah, we should do it. We need, we need to find a good spot. Because we would have to probably feed them motherfuckers if we go to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to have a budget for this one. Because <laughs> he, he came to, I did the, the Black Wall Street one last year, and we, we had a restaurant that we all walked down to and came back. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was in a big ass. It's like some out of 20. It was a dance, it was a dance, dance studio. studio. It was a dance studio. Yeah, he, but it was beautiful. Well, he, had like, oh. he had like 20 speaking parts or yeah. something like that. Oh, so, okay. So yeah, you but, need but this you space. Think it, it was big. But, it was but, big. You, but you go through a script and you like 20 speaking parts. Actually, it's not a lot. 
But it, well, some but, people were paying two, three, three, three or four people. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? yeah. But it's one of those things. I mean, you, you you say that it's not a lot, it's not, but then you go, but I'm organizing that. Right. And, yeah. then, and they're all there at once. And in the movie, they're never all in the same right. scene at once. Right, you know? it's right, just, right. But it, so it's a lot. And there's and there's an art to that. <clears throat> a lot of people don't know. Like when you when you do a table, I'm just, I know we're jumping all off, but it's fucking rent room. Um, <laughs> a table reading is is a very specific thing to do. Like even when we do the readings for the for the um, the scenes, the <clears throat> I always tell everybody that like we do all these readings that the writers get all the time. So mm-hmm. you'll you'll come to some this year. I, mm-hmm. I, I do them all the time. Okay. And so um, I always tell everybody the placement of the actors is very important. Sometimes you'll go to a reading and they'll have, say, the two leads are have most of the dialogue, mm-hmm. and one's sitting here, and the other there's somebody in the middle, and there's somebody. And they should be next to each other because mm-hmm. they're together. They might want to touch. They might want to whatever. Mm-hmm. People don't. They just go, oh, it's just a reading. So they're just saying, like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You want to place them so that they're that they're sitting across from each other if they have their husband and wife, mm-hmm. whatever the situation, so they can play with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think mm-hmm. they they do that in like the TV shows, you right. know, like the the you know, it's kind of like in the call sheet order, yes, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah, and it's worked out so that they can see or touch or whatever each other, so they can interact, right? Otherwise, I'm yelling to you from across the room, and, it takes and I got nine lines of dialogue with you, and you know what I mean. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So just be aware of like placement, okay? Of like you know, if they if the two leads are here, the other thing I never do is. I never let my two leads or my leads play any other roles. They're only their roles. Yeah. Okay. Unless for some reason there's a big gap and there's a little tiny role, you know, I'll go, okay, Johnny, can you play the mailman who comes in? To, you know, whatever the mm-hmm, fuck. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I don't, because I want to only hear their voice. Yes. I want to, yeah. you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. No, that's great. That's I know great. I'm jumping all off, but no, just little, no, that's, little things. This like is that. great advice yeah. for for everybody, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> for everybody. Could be somebody out there who's finished. Patreon just to coming out what to do. soon, people. Patreon <laughs> <laughs> That's a tidbit you'd put in your Patreon, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I know. That's I'm a so special giving. five minute audio clip on how to stage a table read. Always giving game. You know, I got the can't help it. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we should, this is, see, this is what we should do. We, we should do it where it's like, you don't get the first, you don't get the most recent five. Episodes of the rant room. If you want previous episodes, you gotta get it on that Patreon. <laughs> Pay some money. Oh, well, that's what that's what yeah. John August did, didn't uh, he? Yes, they he did. took them all no, down. You gotta all get all the rest yeah, of them. You gotta go. Oh, gotta pay yeah. to get it. You yeah. gotta pay. That's funny because he's cool. dropping so much game. So yeah. Well, thank you, Lauren. Thank that's you, guys. Up. Thank that's you so up. much. I hope I hope uh, you listeners got a little game. If you ever plan to move to LA. You know, I'm sure we didn't cover a ton of things, but I just wanted to talk about some general <laughs> shit because you just moved here, like to yeah, yeah. Get, get and your I'm insights. still figuring it out. I mean, right. like every day, it's 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 something new. But um, which it, reminds it helps. me, something we never talk about. You need to take care of yourself too. Yes. If you don't have the money, go to the gym. You better be at a park. You better be walking. You better yes. be doing something. Yeah. Because even though we all are writers, and Chris and I know from being at the writing gym, most of the older writers are just. Dudes with beards and fucking flannel shirts and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so take care of yourself. Yeah. Especially in our world, youth is what sells. Yeah. You know, I walk around in my little skinny jeans. I've been doing it since the 80s, so it ain't going to change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what I mean? People think I'm like 29, 30, 35. I'm like, whatever, bitch. Yeah. I'm almost 48 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a grown-ass man, dog. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I take care of myself, you know, in a way that... 
keeps me youthful and you feel like I know what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you know from doing Nerds of Prey and all that, you guys are all up on pop culture, so I don't need to teach you about that. And it's easier, you know? I find that it's actually easier to do that here because right. you have so many options for walking paths and things and you're not right. snowed in your house six months out of the year, <laughs> so it really helps. Go to Griffith Park and walk. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you have to do that because, like, again, you say, you know, you go to the Writers Guild, the theater, to see the screenings and you see a lot of older writers and maybe oh, they're yeah. like in their 60s or 70s. And the same people are there every but, but, single but, night. But the thing is, right. is that you can tell <clears throat> the ones who haven't taken care of themselves. Right. Yeah. Their bodies yeah. are like, you know, not in, you just know that, you know they're like, I'm just right, I'm writing. Right. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. no, you need to be in the gym because. You need to be doing something. Yeah. You spend right. a lot of time in the gym. That's right. that balance that, uh, yeah. yeah, you have to figure out. And if, and if I were to tell anybody anything, I mean, yeah, you, you come here with a plan, definitely set yourself on a schedule and right. make sure you factor self-care into said schedule. Right. Um, because if you are not 100%, then you can't expect to keep up with this. Right. And this takes a lot of you, and it a takes lot of, a lot out of a you. A lot of writers think because they're not on screen that we're not, we're not seen. It's like, yeah, but mm. your, your you temple is you. Too, you're just like a, You're just like a writer. You're yeah. just like an actor. Yeah. Your temple is you. Yeah. The only difference is, is we see them more than we see you. Yeah. But remember... Writers and showrunners and, 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 and big directors and everybody else is becoming people that we see in the public eye now. Yeah. They're becoming household names just as much as the, <clears throat> the talent yeah, is. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So especially with, with uh, Twitter and you know, social media and stuff. So yeah. you might want to give the best you. Yeah. Well, you know? also, you know, this, the story that Brandon was telling us about. Right. He got a little overweight and people right. were like, there's like a, um, there's like, Discrimination against people who are overweight, right. even in the writers' room. Like he was right. saying that, he, like he lost like what fifty pounds or something like that, and he rented this. White he lost over hundred now, yeah. But, yeah, but <clears throat> but he rented this white guy who told him, I, you know, kind of recommended he should lose mm-hmm. that weight because this white guy told him that some executive said to him, "I don't like to have fat people around because I don't think that they can control themselves." Because they eat too much. That's why, I mean, like, the, the mentality is you're overweight because you don't you're have You're not in control. You're not in control right. because that's why you're eating so much. Now, that could be, there's a lot of reasons why people are overweight. That yeah. is, is, but that's the perception. Right. As you said earlier, right. this town has the per, perception is too much. And that's, and I'm, I'm like, I never would have thought of that. No. But that's he, some out there but, logic, but, but okay. But, but, but guess what? He's not the only one who thinks that. Right. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Right. So anyway, yeah. with that, self care, kids. Take care of yourself. That's mm-hmm. all. You know, find that time for yourself. Like I do something where I write. I set my alarm. I'm here about five or six hours a day, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And I set my. I go to the gym in the morning. I come here at about noon, one o'clock, mm-hmm. and I write till about six or seven. Every forty five minutes, my alarm goes off. I work out for ten minutes. I go back, so that I just get a little something in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I went to the gym in the morning, I still constantly do something yeah. to keep, and it's also about endorphins, and because I'm not going outside to go for a walk, right. I try to stay in here and get my work done, because if I go out, I'm going to be on the phone, I'm going to be on the internet. Right. I don't turn my internet on. Right. I just focus on my shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So whatever it is that works for you, yeah. find something to, and the other thing that I do is I never sit on my couch when mm-hmm. I'm at home, I sit on the floor. Because mm-hmm. you sit on the floor, you reach and touch you're, your feet. You're comfortable. You start doing some abs. You, yeah. sit, you just can't help it. You yeah. know what I mean? So don't let that couch be your crutch. Anyway. You, you can sleep <clears throat> on the couch. When I get a couch. When we get new couches, yeah, we just I won't sit on them to write. <laughs> That's funny. So where you at, Lauren? 
You can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at I am Lauren P. Uh, Nerds of Prey is also on Twitter uh, at Nerds of Prey Cast. We, you can find us on the web at nerdsofpreypodcast.com. Check mm-hmm. out our Patreon. When do you guys come out? <sighs> we are every two weeks. Okay. We've got a new show coming out next week in our last show. I want to say was, ah, yes, it was a joint venture with the magazine talking about RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> season three. You would. And how bad of a season it was. Um, and if anybody has any questions that they want to ask me, feel free to hit me up on Twitter about this because I know it's, yeah, we did, there's a lot that we right. didn't get a chance to cover. Right. But yeah, hit me up at I am Lauren P. If you got any questions about <laughs> LA or anything so far, I don't know everything. I won't say that I know everything, but I might know a little bit about a little bit, so I can probably help out. But you have a good perspective because you just got here six weeks. I mean, that's fresh, girl. You still got your thumb in your mouth. Do you I? just a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you were here like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so where you at, Chris? <laughs> uh, unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram and at shadowboxercinema.net. Yeah, you got to go on and watch his new uh, demo reel he just did. It's oh, okay. Cool. It's badass. Okay. Yeah. We're trying to, we, the last episode we just did last week, we talked about like how and why he did a demo reel as a director and like how you make it and things you need to have inside of it and stuff like that. It was yeah, good. yeah. It was good. Okay, it was cool. Good. So that's what's up. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest and uh, same thing on uh, Instagram and all that shit. <clears throat> um, any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. You can follow us also on Twitter, screenwritersrr. Um, please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. Um, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher, whatever you guys listen to. Uh, big shout-out to all the countries out there. We appreciate it. And we are coming up on our 200th episode. We actually taped it yesterday because some people are leaving out of town. Hmm. Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be badass. Though. It's going to be badass. Um, so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. But I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the rent room